This is IsAware, powered by Intersoft Associates. IsAware is your connection to exploring the systems and software that power businesses like yours with expert insight, experience, and advice. Welcome back to IsAware. I'm Chris Bentliff, and I'm joined by Abe Unger and High Goldstaff from Intersoft Associates. And guys, today I was uh, thinking about uh, when businesses are migrating their data, particularly to the cloud. So maybe they've had a lot of... Uh, a lot of things kind of in-house, or we've talked before about somebody who had everything locked down to a single laptop, and now they want to move everything into something that's more accessible to other people, other devices, uh, integrations, APIs, some of the other things that we've talked about. What are some things that we should watch out for as business leaders uh, for uh, when we're doing that kind of migration? And there were three that I thought maybe we would we would kind of focus on. And the first one would be understanding or at least not underestimating the scope and the budget. Hi, how important is it that we start with an understanding of what are we getting into? It's extremely important. Um, you, it, It's all about the proper planning, and that includes, you know, what are your goals? Where do you want to be? Um, how long will it take you to get there? And is it being, you know, would you do that in one fell swoop? Or in um, or in stages, uh, but what are your goals about going to the cloud? Why are you go- why are you going there? You know, life is really good the way it is right now. You don't know you know you don't know anymore. You know, you kind of you know uh, dumb and happy. And okay, I don't I, I don't want to go to the cloud because my neighbor did. It might be why you put up a basketball court on, on your own property, mm-hmm. but it's not a good reason to go to the cloud. So you need to plan, and once you do that. But at least understand on your own why you what you think is the right reason for going to the cloud. Then you need to bring in someone either on staff or outsourced who can help you um, develop that plan and what needs to be done and if it's feasible, what the you know what the benefits are and what the potential um, you know problems may be. And Abe. For me, that connects back to this sort of consultative approach. You know, uh, sometimes we can get focused on the technology or the aspects of the technology and we can hire, you know, somebody who can turn screws instead of the people who know which screws to turn. And uh, how important is it for me to really have that partner to help me understand and answer some of those questions that that Abe or that Hi has mentioned? And is that something that too many companies... uh, I don't know, underestimate or don't put enough value in up front is that partner who can start to work through that with you? So sure, it's, it, it's extremely important because again, you're, you're moving from one environment to another. You need to understand the environments. You need to understand what is available. There are different cloud environments and some may be better and some may be worse for you, this, your solution. And you need someone who really understands those. So someone who's pushing one, one kind of solution and they're always pushing the same kind of solution, that may not work. You really have to understand what's available out there and what you can and can't do. So that's the kind of thing that you need a partner for and someone who understands your technology and the technologies that are available to make those decisions. And there may be multiple decisions and there may be multiple technologies that actually will solve your need or suit what you suit your needs and do what you need to be done. Um, and you may have various options to choose from and part of those options are going to go into things like security, redundancy, these kinds of areas where, you know, you're in the cloud now, 
If something goes down, what happens? What's your backup scenarios? Your to disaster recovery. So those are the kinds of things that this technology firm has to understand and has to help you with in terms of making that decision. As a business owner, you don't really understand the technologies of disaster recovery. You just know, how long can I be down? If I'm down for an hour, is it the end of the world? If I'm down for a day, is it the end of the world? What do I need in terms of time to recover in that environment? And how do we do that? That's a great point that, you know, it's a good reminder that you don't need to have the answers. You need to have the questions and the right partner can help you answer some of those questions. Hi, um, kind of a second aspect of this that I think connects to scope a little bit is making sure that the right people are in the room. And I wonder if sometimes companies get, you know, a small team involved and maybe their leaders from different departments, or maybe it's a IT focused sort of group, and they're going to be involved with this migration. But that leaves out some important people that are going to be affected by this kind of the rank and file, who should be uh, involved in sort of that exploration phase or that discovery process that we've talked about before, that maybe I didn't think about, or maybe I, uh, I haven't necessarily considered involving them. But when they're in the room, it really helps shape the project. Well, most of it really should be done by leadership on the planning side. Um, and rather than asking, you know, the, um, the key individuals who are actually using it, I mean, they need to provide some input. But when you go down to the staff, to the staff level, a couple of levels below leadership, um, you, need to make, you need to make them aware of what you're doing and why you're doing it. But I don't think they need to be involved in, in the actual planning, mm. certainly in the design. Uh, but this is why we're doing it. And, you know, we're gonna, now, you know, then we have a, a high level, a high level plan. And once you get down into the roadmap that, that needs to be developed, then they need to be, you know, brought in. And those, you know, uh, uh, those key personnel will make you aware of items that as a leader, you're, you're not aware of, nor, nor should be aware of. Uh, so they, they, they should be brought in at, at, a, at a later time, not more tangentially early on, but you know, uh, but not not during the the high level planning session. Um, so when you talk about leadership, do you is that executive leadership? Is that uh, IT leadership? Is that business unit leadership? Who are some of those key personnel? Uh, executive, it's got to be driven by executive leadership. Um, IT leadership needs to be needs to be a part of it. Depends who the IT you know who the IT team is mm-hmm. uh, and, and and what their perspective is. How sophisticated are they? You know, is it a uh, you know a C level IT person or someone who you know knows IT and you know all of a sudden was given the responsibility, which is kind of you know someone we spoke to yesterday. Uh, where, you know, they have, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of different of migrating, but fr- from a planning perspective, they have a key person that's leaving and they, they, they irrespective of what business they're in, they have these, these silos within the organization and each one is kind of like developed differently, you know, and they're, they all use, um, and this staff person picked the technology. You know, and the CEO is kind of like totally removed from it. You know, he picked all the technology. Nobody said, you know, nobody, you know, reviewed what he said. You know, it happens to be all in the Google world, which is fine. 
but he picked the technology and is that for the right reason is it because it's open source uh you know meaning it's you know a lot less expensive than perhaps microsoft so now they've got a situation where they've got to a replace him and how do you and how do you do that in an orderly fashion and they're you know they're hiring a fractional cio um we actually passed on the opportunity uh but uh we just didn't think it was a good fit for us uh for both of us but anyway they're going to hire a fractional cio cio and ultimately bring in a you know a, a vp of technology uh to manage all of that is aware is powered by intersoft associates your software consultancy that will help you to maximize revenues reduce costs and streamline work processes with the right it solutions Intersoft Associates delivers strategic consulting and custom software development, together with support and enhancement to help modernize and manage the software that helps your business run. Visit us at intersoftassociates.com. I feel like that's a great illustration of what a lot of businesses kind of do in the real world. There's somebody who's the techie, and that person, for whatever reason, becomes kind of like the de facto leader of a thing. And as you point out, they might jump into Google solutions, G Suite solutions, because that's what they're familiar with from their other job, because it's free or inexpensive. They might jump into uh, Microsoft solutions because that's what they're familiar to. And, and Abe, part of what I hear Hi saying is, OK, interesting, interesting enough, but you're not asking the right questions if you've already arrived at the answers. Correct. And it, in terms of the technologies you were saying, you know, personal preference, you know, I have a language I like coding in, you know, I like, a, you know, I like that language. I like doing it. That doesn't mean that that's the right solution. That means I like it just because I like it doesn't mean that's what I'm going to use for every one of my clients. It'll depend on what their problems are. And like you said, it's asking the right questions. What are you trying to accomplish? What are you trying to do? What are your goals? Where are you looking for? What are you looking to, to gain out of this migration or this move or this enhancement or this project. And from there, determine what are the technologies that make sense for you. And whether those technologies are something you personally like coding in or don't like coding in doesn't really make a difference when it comes to the client. Um, what works for the client, what makes the client more successful, that's what's important. Obviously, if you're a technology firm, you need to be facile in many different technologies so that you can do that. And that's sort of what we do. We have a knowledge in all different kinds of technologies so that we can use that knowledge and determine what actually does make sense from a perspective of a client. And every client is different. You know, we have two clients who may be very, very similar in terms of business, but their technologies are completely different because of how they do things. So the business itself is very, very similar, um, but just the nature of the business in, in their environment and how they approach it and how they work for it are two different technology solutions for them. And they're, they're the same business. So it's not one technology fits all. It's not one solution fits all. It's find the solution that makes the most sense and gives the most benefit to the client. Mm -hmm. Hi, talk to me a little bit about my third concern, which is continuity. How do I keep my business running? How do I keep things going if I'm going to be conducting a migration? Do I need to prepare for a lot of downtime? As Abe was saying, what's an acceptable amount of downtime to me? Uh, how do I mitigate or circumvent some of these things? Or maybe that's not a concern. What What do you think? Um, downtime should should be avoided. I mean, downtime, you know, what Abe was referring to downtime was, you know, that might be one reason to go to the cloud. 
you know, for example, unfortunately, if you were in Louisiana now, you know, you're down, you don't have electricity, you know, forgetting about all the other issues. Um, you know, if you were in the cloud, um, uh, a proper cloud, for example, you know, you're, you're not going to have any downtime. People who need to reach you or, you know, need to reach you who have electricity are, are going to be able to reach you. So, um, but that's the kind of, I'm sorry, that's the kind of downtime he was referring to. But, you know, the, the, the plan should eliminate downtime uh, completely. Uh, there are times when, I mean, if you're a 24-hour operation, yes, there, there will be a point in time where you've got to migrate your data. But, you know, there's a plan and you want to mitigate that. But uh, doing it properly should not have any appreciable downtime. Uh, if it does, it, 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 then you're, you know, going through a whole... Uh, Re-architecture, and even then, it should be minimal. Interesting. Correctly. So my concerns that I'm going to have to stop business for a week to figure this out, I can kind of put those away. Uh, uh, oh the, yeah. The right technologist is going to help me build these things in parallel, and we can flip a switch that maybe there'll be a subtle interruption, but things will be up to effort as soon as uh, as soon as I need it to be. Absolutely. You know, and and again. Um, certainly if you're going from, you know, one solution to another, uh, if you're going from an old, uh, you know, an old technology solution to a new technology solution, then it's just making sure the data is there and, and you're doing that on a regular basis anyway, uh, or should be doing that through the process, then it really is, you know, flip the switch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if you're moving the same technology over, same kind, the same kind of a thing. There might be differences in you know in, in the user in the user experience early on, but shouldn't be. What's involved with some of that user experience? So um, obviously it depends on all kinds of things, but while 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 continuity might uh, be okay, do I need to plan for a lot of training to get my team up to speed with something new? Do I need to plan for a lot of new technology? Do I need to upgrade a pile of systems, and so I have to put you know. X percent on top of whatever the investment's going to be, or what's a typical, if we can even talk typical, what's uh what's an expected thing for me as a business leader? I mean, there is no, there is no typical. Uh, it, it, no, the answer to all your questions is no. Um, you know, you, you, any training, uh, if, if you're changing the, you know, the platform that you'll be using, whatever it might be, um, that is the software on which you'll be running. You know, that training will be going on way before you switch. Um, and you know, and it needs again. It goes back to the plan. It, it needs it needs that proper plan. But no, I mean it. You know, you've got to do it for the right reasons, and you have to understand what the pros are, and you know what what the cons are, and then you've got to make that decision and start and start doing it. I mean, the cloud is great for those people that use it, and there are other people um, who don't want their information uh, in a cloud for whatever crazy reason. Uh, where, you know, you don't do it, but, you know, it's, it's a great tool. It's got a lot of benefits. It spreads costs over a longer period of time where you're always using the latest technology uh, and you're not limited to what you've selected from a technology standpoint uh, for your, for your office or for your environment. Uh, And there are so many, you know, intangible benefits to moving to the cloud. 
So migrating to the cloud does not necessarily mean changing what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. It's changing background architectures and technologies. Now, it may be time for a facelift, and that's something that can be considered as part of the project, but that's not necessarily what you want to do, and that's not needed. You can actually move your things, move your data, move your information, move your programs to a cloud environment and keep the look and feel similar to what you've had in the past, or even the same what you've had in the past, depending on what you're doing. Guys, that was our oldest long-standing client. Uh, you know, we moved them from a DOS application, um, not that many years ago, actually, uh, to a cloud environment. You know, whole new architecture, a whole new. You know, they were trained in it, and it it changed their lives. You know, uh, they're able to manage all of their different facilities uh, on that one on that one system. You know, they all talk to each other. It was, you know. It, it was, it was life-changing for them, and it helped them grow their business you know, far beyond what they were doing before that. Clearly, it was an older business because they were on DOS. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it helped them move the needle. Hi, Goldstoff and Abunger. Migrating to the cloud does not need to be as scary as maybe it would seem. And uh, I think you guys have laid out some really great examples and um, some good ideas that with the right partner involved, it can be a pretty seamless and the advantages and benefits are uh, so innumerable that it's a no-brainer to at least have the right conversation to consider it. Thanks, guys. I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for IsAware. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. IsAware is powered by Intersoft Associates, who believes the more you know about your IT, the better. Visit us at intersoftassociates.com and schedule your free consultation to talk about how custom software can help your business.